Yeah, well, look, I think people are very right to be concerned and upset about it on two fronts. First, of course, is the um, the, the massive collection of the world's oldest uh, petroglyphs or rock carvings. Um, yet more of them are threatened with destruction or being moved. Um, I mean, this is just incredible stuff. Um, the industrialisation of the Burrup Peninsula um, should never have happened in the way that it has in the first instance um, already. Um, petroglyphs have been moved um, and it now turns out that um, the traditional owners, um, both those that are explicitly against um, new industrialisation uh, of, of the hub and those that aren't, um, didn't want the rock, rock, yet more rock carvings to be moved. I mean, this is just incredible stuff. Uh, this is, I mean, these, these rock carvings are world heritage. Um, it's just inconceivable. This is um, you know, I, I think it's on a scale with the Jukun Gorge disaster. So that's the first thing to say. Um, it's just incredible that this is still happening in Australia and shows a total lack of respect for uh, Indigenous culture, um, let alone world culture. Uh, the second thing is that it shows an absolute commitment by the state and federal government to continue with a fossil fuel-based industrialisation of the Burrup hub. So, um, obviously... The Perdaman fertiliser plant is being co-located with the gas industry because it uses the gas as a, as a feedstock in the industrial process. Um, I mean, it could, presumably, the, the plant could have been located a bit further further away um, at slightly greater cost, but um, clearly uh, Tanya Flibersec doesn't want to push Perdaman down that path. But it's, it also shows that the Perdaman project is part of this greater industrialisation based on fossil fuels. Um, the, the proposed gas processing hub um, to, 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 to take the gas from the Scarborough field is, is, is even bigger than is, is going to be required for the Scarborough field and it seems fairly certain that they want to build in the capacity to take frack gas from the Kimberley as well. So it, what it really shows it, you know, it's part of this package of, of measures and policies which are really just putting the foot to the floor of more oil and gas exploration and exploitation in Australia, which is 100% the wrong thing to be doing in the face of a climate emergency. We will speak a bit about that climate emergency in just a moment, but just returning, I guess, to some of the questions around the Aboriginal heritage, and you mentioned there, Jukum Gorge. Of course, the you know the question of preserving uh, traditional sites and sacred sites in Australia is ever more pertinent after the disaster at Jukum Gorge. Now, uh, Tanya Pilbosek uh, refused... Uh, well, wouldn't uh, essentially, uh, you know, acknowledge this Section 9 application uh, that was sought, um, was knocked back on, on Tuesday, uh, and that's under, you know, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island Heritage Protection Act. Uh, you know, we're talking about an area here that, as you said, has got, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of petroglyphs, uh, some of them, you know, in- incredibly, incredibly significant, I believe, as even the first ever depiction of a, a circle, a human circle in, in, in human history there. It's, it seems really sort of quite bizarre that an area such as that has such heavy industry. You know, what does it say about this uh, Heritage Protection Act and around, you know, I guess some of the, the you know, the, the, the institutions that are meant to be protecting Aboriginal heritage when a place like the Burrup can just, you know, be allowed to have this sort of heavy expansion of industry? Yeah, well, it just shows how weak it is. And obviously the legislation was has, has been um, updated, but Aboriginal organisations were, were, were still very, very clear that the, that the, um, the legislation didn't do enough. To, to protect to protect their heritage, um, and also it's worth pointing out that the borough 
um, itself is, you know, it's, it, it's in an industrial zone, so it's already excluded from the normal, from the protections, weak as they are, you know, so it really is up to the discretion of the minister uh, in, in this case. I mean, it, it is extraordinary. I mean, this is like, you know, the Taliban blowing up the Bamiyan Buddhas, you know, back in 2001. Um, it, you know, the, the total lack of respect for... Um, for, 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 for sites of cultural significance, it's just mind-boggling. It shows how much Australian thinking has not actually moved on, except in a rhetorical way. Now, when I saw you uh, the other day, Sam, you mentioned that this you know, might possibly be uh, the end of the climate wars if this bar-up expansion goes ahead. I mean, I guess many of our listeners would be aware of uh, Scarborough Gas, but they might not be so aware of all the other connected projects. And you know, we've spoken on the show uh, quite a bit about the campaign to stop Scarborough Gas. But you know, how, how significant is this for the climate? If, if this expansion goes ahead in the bar-up, what, what will it mean in terms of our, I guess, you know, the exp- expansion of fossil fuels here in WA and, you know, especially in the context of we're meant to have this federal Labor government that promised to take action on climate change and now we've got this, you know, seemingly pretty insane project uh, going on in, in our state's northwest. You know, how significant is it? Is is it really, you know, is this the end of the climate wars? Is this sort of, you know, the, the final sort of nail in the coffin in terms of, uh, you know, hoping for any real action on climate change here in WA? Well, I mean, it just, it's just worth bearing in mind just how big some of these current projects are. So, I mean, the Scarborough Gas threatens to release 1.5, perhaps as much as 1.7 billion tonnes of CO2. So it's, it's, it's bigger than the Adani coal mine. Um, and, you know, and it's not the only major fossil fuel project that has been given the green light. There's also the Bikamu Basin um, in the Northern Territory, which is a massive sort of fracking a massive fracking project. I mean, it's very hard to see how Australia can meet its own modest climate targets. Um, and bear in mind, the 47% target that the Albanese government is committed to is not sort of based on science. I mean, there's no, it's not based on, on a scientific justification that, that you know, uh, you know, a, a cut of 47% by 2030 would be sufficient to. Um, to make Australia's contribution to stopping 1.5 degrees of warming, um, really all the new federal government did was just added up all the things they were going to do anyway. Uh, they came to 47% and that's therefore the target. But it's, uh, it, it, it's far from certain that they'll even be able to make that target with, the, with, with, with just the Scope 2 emissions um, from, the, from these projects. And if you include the, the Scope 3 emissions, which is, emissions that are produced where these fossil fuels are, are actually burnt, uh, the customer that buys the fuel, then it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, there's just... You know, both Australian and international climate advisory bodies have been quite clear that we are not going to make both national and global emissions reduction targets by opening up massive new fossil fuel reserves like this. And the scary news is that on top of um, Scarborough and Beetaloo. Um, just last week, last Thursday, I think it was, the, the, the Federal Resources Minister, Madeline King, um, who's West Australian, by the way, she's, she's a member of the brand, um, she just announced uh, that 10 new oil and gas sites uh, will be opened for, for exploration and exploitation. So it's it, like the Australian government wants to exist in this sort of fantasy world where... Um, 
where we reduce our domestic emissions, you know, for stationary electricity production, and then we do that and give it, give it, give, give ourselves a green tick for reducing our domestic emissions while continuing to pump massive amounts of new oil and gas in, 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 into the rest of the world. It's just, this is just fantastical stuff. It, it, it can't happen. And I guess what people need to get their head around is that while, you know, while we made a certain progress in getting in, 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 in the dumping the, the, the climate change deniers um, out of government, the next line of defence for the fossil fuel companies in the Australian Parliament are what I call the climate change fakers. Uh, and that's really what Labor policy is at the moment. We're speaking to Sam Wainwright about the expansion of the uh, the Barup hub in our state's northwest. Sam, you know, we've seen some pretty remarkable uh, actions around this in, in recent uh, months and in really in recent years. The Save Our Songlines uh, demonstration in Karatha and, and people uh, marching on a country in Murujuga up there in the Barup itself. Uh, and there seems to be, you know, at least from traditional owners and, you know, certain parts of the community, a bit of momentum building around trying to stop this expansion you know, and it's, I guess it's quite difficult to know exactly what people can do or how we can build a bit of a campaign or a movement around this. And many people look to campaigns such as uh, the campaign around James Price Point as an example. But where do you think the movement can go from here? Obviously, there's going to be you know need for mobilisation here in Perth and perhaps up in the Barup itself. But yeah, wh- where can we we go to from here in terms of actually building a movement that might demonstrate some opposition? to the expansion of uh, industry in the Barrett Peninsula? Yeah, look, I think we're just going to really need to rekindle or regenerate all the strands of activity and activism um, that we know, when combined, work. Um, There's no question that we've sort of been on the back foot a bit because of COVID. There hasn't been the same level of mobilisation against the fossil fuel industry Um, and... You know, the, the real sort of cutting edge of the fight to stop runaway global warming in Western Australia is no new oil and gas projects. I, I think that's very clear. Um, but, yeah, you know, many listeners will remember the, uh, the, the fantastic huge mobilisation in Perth in late 2019 by School Strike for Climate, um, which got you know, around about 10,000 people out in the centre of Perth. But we haven't, you know, if we're going to begin to push the government to change course, we're going to need a lot more than that. Um, it, we need a sustained campaign. Um, and that's going to involve more action on the ground in consultation with traditional owners up there at Murujuga itself and activity here in Perth. Um, so and, and there'll, be, there'll be plenty of that. I mean, it's, it's quite clear that the uh, traditional owners have, have got new voice and confidence um, to speak out and take action against the... Uh, the industrialisation, the further industrialisation of, of of the Barup, um, and the, the you know the demand is growing. Stop new industry on the Barup, and we've got to come behind that. And we've also got, got to build complementary actions in Perth. And I think that's going to be the the, the full gamut of um, mass actions in the streets, you know, cultural and community expression, um, people taking you know action on the ground. It's all it's, it's all it's all got to come together as part of a, a sustained and diverse diverse uh, campaign. Um, something that we'll be building here to, towards the end Perth is, um, is um, an action um, in Fremantle um, to coincide with COP27. That will be in November. Um, there'll, there'll be plenty of actions before then. 
And I'm sure we'll uh, keep our listeners up to date and all that. Thanks so much for speaking to us this morning, Sam. And, yeah, all the best with the campaign. Thanks very much. Thanks for the opportunity.